everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flops Podcast. I'm Angelique Gay, a mom and a writer who recently went through a major life transition. Each week, I invite other creatives and changemakers on to talk about their own transitions, a time in their life when they felt completely untethered and lost, which as it turns out, is completely normal and can even be life-affirming. Today, I chat with Vivian Lapointe. She is the CEO of Pepper, a full-service creative agency based in LA. Vivian and I actually worked together behind the scenes in TV production a while back, and I am just so excited to finally catch up with this endlessly fascinating, forward-thinking, never-stopping, unbelievably charismatic human. Enjoy. Hey. Hey. Oh my God. I'm so, so excited to have you on the phone. I'm so happy. (laughs) It took forever, but I'm so excited to reconnect with you. I'm so excited to reconnect with you. I mean, you are the sexiest, most successful (laughs) boss, it girl ever. And it's just too exciting. So nice. <laughs> so let's start at the beginning. I mean, when I met you, we were both working. You were my in... successor. <laughs> we were both working in film and TV, and you wrote poetry, and you were so charismatic. I remember taking the subway with you, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, it's Vivienne! It's Vivienne!" And I said to you, "You're going all the way in Hollywood. I know you are." And I'm just curious, at what age? did you decide you would move to Hollywood? And can you share your story from Montreal to New York to LA? Take it away. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it was not a super straightforward path, obviously. I think it was like, New York was a little bit more like a logical next step for me for someone who wanted to get out of their hometown. Because Montreal, New York, as you know, is like such a easy not easy path because it is always challenging to move to a different country but it's very close by and it's east coast when did I know I wanted to move to LA I think the first time I went to LA was with my um my ex-boyfriend that actually kind of brought me to New York we went to LA and we stayed at a friend's house in Culver City there were a bunch of Montrealers that lived in LA back then and we like partied in the hills, did all the things, just drove around. And it was so crazy for me because I never saw myself in LA or in Hollywood. Like that was never like a thing where, like I never wanted to be an actress or like a a celebrity or something like that. It's more like when I got here and landed in LA and like started discovering the city, I just like felt super connected. And it felt like I was in the right place. how old were you at that time? I first came to LA when I was probably 22, okay. 23, because that's when I moved to New York from Montreal. So I started to work really, really early. Like, so when I worked in entertainment in Montreal, like in TV and production, I was straight out of college. Yeah, about 22 years old, moved to New York and started traveling to LA a little bit, mostly for fun. And then my New York experience was very intense and very hard in a way and every time I came to LA it was like the easy it just felt Mm. like natural it felt like 
oh, this place has a lot of room. This place is less expensive. This place is healthier. People are having people over at their house. You know, you don't have like a shitty little small apartment like you have in the city. And then like, I had a really, really close girlfriend that lived here. And whenever I came, it was like, it just, there was something really special about it. So eventually my biggest as far as like decision making when it when it came to like moving from New York to LA was it was right at the recession. I had just gotten my three year O one visa approved, which is really, really hard to get, especially in your twenties. And I pulled some magic trick there. I mean, it was great. Like I was an extraordinary alien specialized in blogging when blogging was a thing, which is really funny. Now when you think about it in hindsight. But that was like a year of my life spent doing this visa application, which was a university thesis. It was so hard. And it was like asking people to tell me in writing that they wanted to hire me for the next three years. Like they were going to commit, like, you know, work with me and engage with me professionally. Like it was a lot of begging and a lot of people for letters of references. And, and then I got the visa approved and then the recession hit. And I was like, if I'm staying in New York, I'm literally going to keep chasing my tail for the next three years. And I'm not going to be able to really continue in my path. You know, I just felt stuck there. I just felt like I was in the loop. My professional career was always kind of at the service of others. Yeah, just just for the listeners, I remember at that time you were working for Guru, you were working for Corno, you were doing PR. And when you say blogging, was that when you first, first started Live Fast Magazine? Or did you have yeah, a blog so that had another? Basically, in, in Montreal, I was a freelance writer. I worked a lot. I like wrote for Pool and like Fake Lande, like all of the um, more like teenage adjacent publications. So I was like always kind of a freelance writer. So when I moved to New York, that helped me a lot. I was corresponding back and forth, writing for Montreal and then living in New York. And eventually, like I started my first job in New York was as an assistant editor in a cosmetics trade journal. And we were reporting on the beauty industry. And that was a big crash course for me because I had never published anything in English. And so I worked there for a year. And while that was happening, I was also blogging. So, you know, back then it's like Refinery29 was a city guide. And like there was yeah. all these newsletters called like there was like Julie B and like Splendora was a beautiful, like super cool social network slash blogging platform out of San Francisco that my friend started. I mean, she was not my friend then. She was my boss, but she's <laughs> my friend now. She is a fabulous woman and her name's Gina. And they were like basically having this platform where I could express myself. And I was writing about living in Harlem, being in New York and doing the fragrance launch circuit and just doing everything. I was never a personal style blogger. I was always like more of a writer and more the reporting type. So did that then by default with the finger on the pulse, always ended up doing a lot of marketing on the side and consulting. That's how I worked with Guru Energy Drink for a year back then when they were first infiltrating the US market and I consulted with them. And we had so much fun. Like I was placing product and like parties in Bushwick and cool offices downtown that type of grassroots marketing with the brand. Meanwhile, still, you know, running their blog back then they had a blog called Urban Guru. And then I was blogging for Justin Timberlake's website and what else? 
yeah and obviously working with Corno who was like my best 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 friend in New York and my everything so I was like helping her with her digital presence when digital marketing was just kind of really starting like MySpace I was running her MySpace (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then Lady Shark like which is my social media handle now it just kind of started on Splendora because I was Baby Shark on MySpace Anyways, way too much backstory, but no, um, I think it's important because when I learned that you called yourself shark because you're scared of sharks, I find that's such a great way to flip your fear and kind of yeah, use that totally. as a weapon. So I always well, thought that was so cool. So it's one of my questions is who gave you the name and what made you come up with that idea of using what you're afraid of to be your handle and kind of your persona? Yeah, well, it started with baby shark which is funny now because Baby Shark is such a thing. But my friend Ollie, who's been in the U.S. for a while, when I first started moving... That's Olivier Rivet, right? Ben oui, Olivier Rivet, exactly. Yes. Um, so <laughs> he was, like, making fun of me because I was so hungry. And I was so... Um, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I want it. Like, I want to be everywhere. I want to meet everyone. I want to do everything. I want all the money. I want all the, like everything like it just was like really intense so he was like okay relax baby shark when I never relaxed and I graduated and said to lady shark which is and it's funny because like baby shark was funny and endearing and cute and then I think once I started lady shark that was more of um okay like yeah this is my nature I'm hungry but also the shark is the apex predator and stuff and I'm terrified of it but I also like I'm someone who's not afraid of a lot of things like I tend to just you know, go straight ahead without really like worrying about what's there. And that's one of my qualities. Sometimes it's a, it's a flaw because sometimes I hit my head, but like, that's fine because that's how you learn and it's not a big deal. And I think that if I didn't have that like fearless personality, I would not be where I am. So I'm fine with it. But uh, yeah, the lady shark is the, it's kind of like the grown up version of the baby shark. And, and also, yeah, totally a symbol of facing your fears. Amazing. So you're in New York. And then at what point did you start Live Fast? Walk me through how you came up with the idea. I wanted to start a publication. I wanted to start a digital platform. I was into a lot of different things. I was, again, like I said, I was, that was always the thing where I felt like I was servicing other people and I wanted to have my own thing. And you were making success Um, for other people. You were making a lot of money for other people. Right? I mean, I so. didn't say that. I was in my 20s. I was still learning. Like, I think I was, I think I was, but like, you know, I was still like learning my ropes. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. I mean, I don't want to dim my I don't life, know. I saw, but... an, I, I saw an article with, I saw that that was one of the things that you said is that at one point you started realizing you're making money for other people. So why shouldn't you be making it for yourself? Right. So I'm going to shine the light it's on you true. say that, but you can be modest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, but it's easier sometimes to make money for other people. That, and when it comes to making money for yourself, there's a lot of investment that goes within having your own thing that like you don't know ahead of time. And you're like, oh yeah, like I'm going to just switch into doing this for me. But there's other obstacles that come in the way, which is great because when you think about it, like, okay, I'm 25 at that point and I'm like, okay, like what do I love the most in life and what do I want to talk about and what do, like I wanted to come up with a catchy name. I wanted to come up with something that would carry me through years or decades that things I was always going to love. So that's where the acronym came from. Live Fast. Fast is an acronym for fashion, art, sex, and travel. 
and that's what I wanted to write about and that's what I wanted to talk about and that's who I wanted to surround myself with artists I loved lingerie and I wanted to travel and I loved fashion and it was kind of like that made the most sense and the live fast is like the continuation of the shark metaphor right it's just going straight <laughs> forward live fast it's such a strong statement you know yeah so i was like oh my god best idea ever let me start a magazine but it was but you were saying that the- you were at a party when you came up with the name I was at a party with my friends. It was this really cool rooftop across the street from the Bowery Hotel. And I was hanging out with some friends and I was kind of whining a little bit about like <laughs> not having my own thing. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I don't know what I want to do. Like I was trying to figure it out. And then my friend really kind of like lit a switch in me when he said, think of an acronym. That was not my idea. I came up with Lift Fast, but the acronym was like, oh, cool. Like that makes sense. That helps me encompass more things. And I was like, that's right. Like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do fashion, art, sex, and travel. It encompasses everything that I love. And then it's like, I had my big idea. Yeah. That's the thing with me. Like I I get really excited when I think I have a good idea. (laughs) And so I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do this. So like, you know, hire a designer, like get this whole thing going. And I remember like the first iteration of Live Fast was like a two column blog on a black background. It was like a super simple WordPress and I was kind of not ready to launch it. And my friend Chatties from Miami, she posted on Facebook. I think she posted her interview without it was live, but it was like not live yet. I had not announced it and she posted it and it got like 2000 views, which is like, wow. it was a big deal. I was like, whoa, okay, I guess I need to keep up now. And then I just <laughs> kind of started, I, I kept doing it. And I think really like the best thing about Live Fast for me, it was really about the artist interviews. That was the coolest thing. The artist interviews and then our trips that we took. Like that stuff Your trips was the were epic. Your photos have kept me thoroughly inspired and entertained for years. Incredible. Yeah, I feel like we were doing influencer trips before it was a thing. Yeah. And integrating brands into like creating content for them, but also like allowing young creatives to go on these amazing trips and retreats and just, you know, discovering the world. And I feel so, so fortunate for having had a chance to to do that through this platform and meet so many amazing people along the way too. Like just the trips I took with Tammy, for example, like just so memorable and so amazing. And my, some of my best friends, like Laura and Allie, I met through working with them on a story for Lifas and going on a round the world trip, you know? And how um, did you meet them? Well, Laura, I was, I was on an assignment. That's funny. So Laura, <laughs> I met because I had an assignment to go cover powwow Hawaii in Hawaii for cool hunting. I was always freelancing on the side and I just, I thought she was cool. And I invited her to come with me on a trip to be my photographer. And then we just became friends. And same with Ali. I think Ali emailed me like 25 times to be on (laughs) LiveFast. And I fully ignored her email forever. And then Laura put us in touch. And we started hanging out. And then now she's my best friend. I mean, she's like family to me. So that platform has really allowed me to make and sustain some really cool creative connections and like really 
I created my family out of it. That's amazing. It's such an amazing success story. And then I remember when you did your Kickstarter campaign to do a print version. Mm-hmm. And I was just so impressed by not only the fact that you had this plan. I remember when Tammy posted saying, my friend is doing this. She has a plan. Like she's making it happen. You, you've always had such a supportive crew. And I remember one day you posted on Facebook. Yes, I'm doing this. I'm looking to raise money. And the thing is, is that everyone thinks that everyone's donating. So they're not donating. But you're just always really good on social media to say the thing to make people take action. And it's true. (laughs) And then I ended up donating because obviously I wanted I wanted it and I, I got a copy. But I really admired how you're so fearless and confident. And so how do you do that? Did you just learn that with experience? Or is that just who you are? I mean... I think it's definitely like a lot of my nature, but you do gain a lot of confidence, I think, with age. And I think what was probably fearlessness at the beginning now is just knowing what I'm doing. When it comes to social media, though, like I lost that. Like I, every time I post something on social media, I'm like, I second doubt myself. But I think that's just a generational thing where like I loved social media for so many years and now I'm just like, huh? Like, what is this beast? And who am I? Like, what's my POV? Like, I don't, I used to have such a strong POV back then. Like, you were a witness of it. You're like, okay, like, she knows what she wants. She knows how to ask for it. Like, I was really like that. And I think there was definitely like, there was definitely a moment where that kind of stopped for me. And now I'm like, okay, I'm kind of in the process of understanding like, where I want to position myself now. As I'm That's like so an older, yeah, I don't know. But don't you think it's across awesome. like that from the outside? But back then, for sure, like I'm like, I was very, very confident, but I think I was also like not overthinking it. And that's why like Gen Z like doesn't post filters. And like, it's just like, the more you try to curate your feed, the less fun you have with it, essentially. Oh, that's so true. And I wonder too, if it's because not only are you obviously older and more experienced, but also you are really the boss now of Pepper. And I'm just wondering if it's, I don't know, are you maybe separated from the front lines a little bit more? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a different brain area, I guess. Sometimes I'm like, okay, so, well, you know, the the whole thing with Lift Fast is that it was amazing and it was a great experience. And like, even when I raised the money for the print publication, like it was never a viable business. It was always like, almost like a pet project, you know, like it was never something that I made money at. It sustained my aspirations to travel and it, it was like, it would, it was never, so it's not true. Like it could have been my business, just my business, but it could not sustain like any type of growth. Like there was no way that I could build a company that has more than just me and one other person and some freelance writers. And at one point it's just like, okay, so how long are you going to keep doing that? I just wanted more. And I couldn't really have done that by continue to fight at one point you got to stop trying to make fetch happen i think that it was great and it was amazing for the time that it lasted i think that's one of my key learnings is like sometimes that people are like what would you tell someone to do if they want to have a successful business i just think that it's like you have to know when to let go of certain ideas and when to just move on so it's not as much as I was before is the fearless moving forward. It's more like learning to like let go of certain things that you were attached to and just realizing that you can do something else and that that something else is, it doesn't make it less good. So like the fact that I started Pepper, which is 
a creative agency, full service agency, a bit of a hybrid thing that it doesn't make live fast less good. It's still part of it. I kept the parent company. I'm still doing live fast media LLC, but I started Pepper because we grind. <laughs> That's the tagline, I guess. But you know, so it good. comes from live fast. <laughs> yeah, it comes from live fast, but it is my company that I can grow and that I have now seven employees and I'm now you know, able to, and it's, it is a different mindset in that sense where I'm not like chasing the headlines of like, what's the best new whatever. And like trying to get traffic to a website, it just became a little bit bigger than me. And right now I'm like doing a lot of admin stuff, a lot of CEO stuff, a lot of HR stuff. And I definitely like, I'm not as creative in the more traditional creative sense of the word. I'm not writing much lately, but I'm doing other things and I'm being creative in other ways. And that's part of my path and that's fine. And I'm sure that the creativity will perk back up later. It's accepting that these phases are not, it doesn't mean that I'm never going to be creative ever again. It means that right now, this is what I got to do in order to keep my company growing and my personal thread moving forward, you know, and like feeling empowered in a way that right now, what gives me joy is not traveling to like a new country and taking photos for Instagram anymore. What drives me is like hiring three more team members by the end of the year to set us up for success for next year and making those bigger moves. So it's just a different shift and it's normal now. I'm like, what am I talking about on social media? Like, I'm not going to talk about like someone sending me a fragrance. It just doesn't feel relevant. Like, that's not what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And I also don't know if my audience wants to hear about me and my CEO struggles. But I think as an audience, I think we've evolved. We've just evolved past just wanting to see pretty pictures. You know, we want to see social movements. We want to save the world. (laughs) I know. And people expect more than, you know, Instagram is not in its infancy anymore. I know. So I I think there's that also. So I want to switch over to talking about sex because... It's been such a big part of your brand. And so I just want to talk about how do you see yourself in terms of someone who puts content out there that is so sexy? It's almost like porn for women by women. And I just want to talk about, did you plan that? Or was it just, I love lingerie and we don't talk about sex enough as a culture? Like, what was it for you? And then can you talk about the work that you do with Playboy? Oh, yeah. I mean... I am obsessed. I love the new uh, creative director at Playboy. I feel like they're doing such a great job at putting women behind the lens and like just the POV and putting new people in front of the camera and like that's super diverse. It's cool. I feel like my, it was just a really like an aesthetic. Sorry, downtown LA. I love um, it. Yeah. So why did I focus on sex so much? I think it was an aesthetic inclination that's what I liked back then that's what I was gravitating towards and it just it was instinctually what I wanted to put out and it was not like oh I'm just gonna try to do something outrageous or something provocative it was never that because I feel like I didn't do that there's so many we really had this like fine line of like yeah it was like sexy but it was like a a little bit more like a beautiful it was always 
art. It's really hard to achieve. I would imagine. Yeah. But, you know, even still now, like, I just look at a certain photography that, like, I used to, like, love back then. And now my definition of sexy and, like, what I would put up if I was still running a publication or whatever I'm doing for Playboy, whatever I'm producing, is a completely different direction. And you know how would I mean? you describe what you're producing for Playboy now? It depends because I'm mostly not that involved in the creative. Right now, I mean, I am to a certain extent. Like I, But as a producer. So Yeah, yeah, of course, exactly. As a producer. So what I do is I, and I think that's become a lot of the nature of my work is I partner with photographers and directors and image makers and help their vision come to life, right? as a creative producer so I put all of the pieces together in order for them to create their best work I feel like yeah you're doing much more video now than than photos so it's almost like you're making little movies so in my head I'm wondering do you ever see yourself kind of going to filmmaker is that how you see yourself Mm, or is it really actually like this year as far as like production goes we have been doing a lot more motion than stills a lot of times the projects that we have whether it's commercial or editorial will be both like first with a motion component but more and more it's a bit more equal so we have projects that come to us that are like equally as important and so we work with a photographer and director hybrid that will be like for example like we have a roster of talent that we represent now pepper artists so I work with Blaze Sipis, for example this amazing photographer from New York and he's a photographer and director so he comes up with a treatment and then we produce the work and we help bring all of the creative pieces together whether it's like the prop stylist or the wardrobe stylist and we support the artist to really like drive the project forward and then work with the client to do the expectations and then do all the logistical stuff as far as going into more narrative work yes definitely I can see that happening in the future but right now I'm really into advertising so I think that's just maybe because I love the money too I now I look at a commercial on tv and I'm like I know exactly how much that costs and that just gives me joy (laughs) silly wow and then I'm like we could have done that better and I'm very much more analytical of advertising now But yeah, music videos and more editorial stuff and then more eventually like filmmaking could be cool, but it can't be too fast, you know? Like I don't live fast anymore. I take my time (laughs) with things. I always used to say like, I'm like a master of none. I do so many things, but now I'm like, at least give myself a year to really master something until I move on to the next step. I did photo production for like two years. Last year, we really did a lot more motion and now I'm like super confident and then the team grows and then it's like, okay, like maybe it's going to be time to go back into TV and film and like have a full, full circle of my career. It might make sense, but I also do not like to do one thing. And those types of projects, they will take over six months of your time if you're doing a movie. But I'm like running a photo studio. I'm representing six artists. I have a full social media marketing team with really big clients. Like I like to do a lot of things. I'm, I get really bored. So I really don't want to just do... You don't want to dedicate six years of your life to one project. Exactly. At this point. I mean, some people do. And I like, I mean, I I respect that a lot. I just like to do a lot of different things. So what would you say? That makes sense. Oh, of course it makes sense. What's your superpower? Huh? I think my superpower is, I think I can command a room. I can bring things together. I can make people do what I want to do in a sense. Like whether it's a long-term or a short-term thing, I'm a leader in that sense. Like I'll bring people together and people trust me. 
they basically they will, they'll follow me if I'm like okay like I know that that's the right thing maybe it's the confidence of having no doubt a lot of times I'll be like okay like I know that that's what we got to do and so people will just follow me and do you think that's a characteristic that you can develop or were you born like that I definitely developed it I don't think that that was my superpower 10 years ago I think that this is my superpower now because I'm like always shape-shifting also like it's funny because I think I said that before but a lot of my instinct personality wise it's to be a servicing of others like even in the beginning of my career it was always like I'm really good at assisting other people I'm really good at making other people's dreams happen or making other people feel good or like making sure that they're taken care of that's why I like managing and being an agent but my mom always says that when I was a kid we would go to the park and I would let people go in the slide in front of me and I would never go on the slide so that's kind of the opposite of what I just said right like you're not a leader and then letting people go in front of you but at the same time like I guess that's the dichotomy of my personality that's what I've been having to fight me <laughs> wanting to like have everyone love me so much and letting people go in front of me and wanting to service them and then becoming that leader that's like no this is about what I want and then having people follow me so that's the growth I think wow I'm so glad you brought up your mom She's the best. can you can you tell us who your mom is and can you share um, a little bit about your relationship in terms of how did having a mom like that influence you and how incredible is it to have a mom like that that's and and dad and family that support you the way that they do so that's a lot of questions so take your time I know I mean my family is so eclectic and interesting I was born, basically my mom and dad, they were like kind of not a couple. They were like really good friends and I guess they had sex, they had to have sex, right? Um, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ew, gross. At least one time. <laughs> At least one. No, two, because you have a brother, right? So twice. Different mom and dad, yeah. So my mom and my dad, were, they were like in their early 20s. I think they were like working at an art supply store and they were, yeah, they were just homies. And then my mom like had been wanting to have a child since she was really young. And when she got pregnant, she was like, I know it's crazy, but I want her. And she just kept me. And then my dad was like 22. And he was like, what the hell? Like, that's crazy. I don't <laughs> like, he was kind of like not ready at all. But my mom just kept me and they always kept a good relationship. And then when I was two, I had another man that came into my mom's life that really raised me as his own. And my biological dad, Robert, he was always in the picture. It was never like, you know, he's not there or whatever. Like he was like, I didn't live with him, but he was always around and he was always there. And his family's like, we're super close now. And he's a journalist and an artist. My other dad is a sound engineer and he's actually the one who gave me the job with Patricia because <laughs> he was mixing a show for her back in the days. That's how I got into the business. Really funny. And then my mom was a master's in art history. She's been a writer ever since. And then my dad's wife is Chantal Fontaine, who's like a famous actress and entrepreneur. So we just kind of like have this cool mix and everyone gets along, thankfully. And yeah, Yes, they have been very supportive of my path, although I have to say that at first they did not understand. They were like, what the hell are you doing moving to New York? <laughs> but that's normal. And it's been like, I would say the past five years that they finally like, they're like, okay, what does, what do you do again? Like now they don't ask me that question anymore. Like now they see it, <laughs> they get it. 
10 years later they understand (laughs) yeah I'm like it took a minute but they got it but yeah like my mom personally is the most intelligent and most wonderful woman that I've ever met and I'm obsessed with her she's the best they all live together now like they're everyone's kind of like retiring except for Chantal because she's workaholic and she'll never stop just kidding (laughs) um but yeah like I think we're we're good my mom taught me a lot about just work ethic and like just creativity she like definitely like is the one that sparks that because as a kid I was just enabled to read and enabled to write and she basically dedicated a lot of her 20s that I spent building myself she spent her 20s building me as a child so I have a lot of I'm very grateful for that for her to like have spent all this time making me like super powered in that sense you know the extra education that you get from like an intellectual mom is like pretty dope wow how do you define success just like the amount of joy you have in one day Mm. I think that's really kind of like it comes down to this now because it really doesn't matter how much you have in your bank account like you have to like it's all about the moment because it could go away everything can go away like we've all been through this fucking crazy COVID situation and if you don't have the joy like the internal joy and your foundation and your roots if you don't have strong roots then you're not really successful because everything can shake everything else that's external will shake the tree but if your roots are solid then you're good you're set for for joy and for life wow that's so beautiful how did the pandemic change you it didn't change me that much It was definitely scary at the beginning. It just made me appreciate my privilege, I guess. You know, you can't really complain. I'm just really lucky to be where I am. And yeah, I think it was a reality check on privilege for sure. I wanted to ask you about your favorite places in LA. Are you good with that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with fashion because your style is incredible. Please keep posting your outfits. I love it. Okay. Um, Well, I have a really amazing stylist. Oh, well, do tell us. I have us. to shout your... her out because she's is it? The... Her name is Whitney at Wit Street. And she is a personal shopper. Actually, the most inspiring. I think she's really amazing. Her style is so sick. And then so she helped me this year really like get a lot of stuff out of my closet. Like get rid of like all of the extra stuff and buy some really cool statement pieces. So I feel like my outfits that you're raving about, that's like a lot of her POV on my style. How do you describe your style? Uh, Chic but comfy. That's fantastic. Okay. (laughs) So let's say you were taking a friend around town in L.A., How would you plan your day in terms of like, where would you go for brunch and then shop and then lunch and then shop and then drinks and then all night long? Walk us through. Okay. So we'll do an East side version because I'm more of an East side girl. Okay. um, Sounds good. So I love the brunch at Cafe Stella. It's really good. And it's just a cute French bistro in Silver Lake. It just feels like almost like going, trying to find a Montreal equivalent. Yeah, it's really cute. It has a little um, backyard and it also has a really cool bar at night. But I like the breakfast there. It's really yummy. I like a good French omelet. Like that's kind of my ideal breakfast. Then going shopping, I would say, I mean, right there on Silver Lake Junction, there's like Mohawk General Store that's really good. There's a ton Mm -hmm. of really cute shops right into Junction. So that's an easy thing. And then you can pick up a juice and it's my hood. So 
I feel like if I had someone staying at my house, we would definitely like do that. And that would be like an organic, easy thing to do. And then we could do a walk around the Silver Lake Reservoir with my dogs, which is really nice. You can look at all of the real estate around the reservoir. There's like a ton of really cool mid-century houses, modern. So I love that. There's a cute little, for lunch, there's a little oyster bar called Eleni that I like to go to. Like that's my walking tour of LA, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> so you're still there so you're still like kind of in my vicinity and so you go to l for lunch and then you dip out and then you go downtown to the arts district and to the row and then you hit all of the shops there for sure that would be cool there's like downtown is now there's definitely a lot of new stores like there's a Ghani store there's like a bodega which is like a streetwear store that's you enter through a bodega that's really cool and at the road that I feel like everyone that's coming from out of town would appreciate Mm -hmm. so yeah I would do that and then I really like Korean barbecue and I feel like that's one thing that I never had growing up or even in New York I would never go to Korean barbecue and that's really like it's an LA thing for me you know like just cooking your own meat and with all of the Korean barbecue sides that's really bomb I love that I go to Genoa like a chain but it's just really good so I would like probably go to Genoa and then you know get a little buzz on soju and beer they have really good lychee martinis which is my guilty Ooh. pleasure and then I would probably take them to there's this new bar called Barless that's really cute in Hollywood it's a rooftop and it's like the trendy spot right now where everyone goes and all the it's always like a, a seen and be seen spot very cute I love Barless Second, the rooftop of the Thompson. Mm, amazing. What else? What else? What else? I mean, it's like obviously Melrose Place and like going to the real, real and all of like the West Hollywood shopping is the best. But I'm an East Side girl. So I spend most of my time on the East Side. I love it. Last question, because I know you have to go. Describe. I could talk to you all day. I know (laughs) I could. I could too. It's just you said half an hour and it's already been an hour. So I'm trying to respect your day. Oh, you're Uh, good. Oh, thanks. I wanted to talk to you about Madonna Inn. Oh my god. I want to know because I've been there and I I loved it. And then I saw you posting all these beautiful, sexy photos there. And I just want you to share with us like why the Madonna Inn, what do you love so much? Apart from the fact that it's the most original, lost in time place I've ever seen in my life. It's just the best. It's just such an experience and it's such an authentic experience. I've seen recently some people get married there, which is epic. It's a photo backdrop, you know, like every single thing. All of the rooms are different. Obviously, I don't know if you've been there, but so you kind of pick your room and then you can kind of curate your experience and then curate your outfits based on that. And then you go to dinner and the dinner is, I mean, the dining room is just like the best is to go around Christmas time because their Christmas decorations are absolutely insane. And it's so festive. It's just like, for me, it's like Disneyland. It's like the happiest place on earth, you know? <laughs> you literally go, there's no you're not smiling. And it's not that far from here. It's just, I think it's like maybe two and a half hours. It's just a really nice staycation that when you're like, you want let's say you've been working too hard or whatever, you want to take your mind away and like, it's just fun. And then there's always like this line dancing and like all of these old couples that are just like amazing dancers. And like you drink your martini and eat your steak and you watch these like amazing people having the best time in this like weird 
location. It's really fun. And so you can fun. see the fountain if you're a guy. Sure. And how did you end up there with Matthew Perry? Oh my God, it was not Matthew Perry. It looks like Matthew Perry. <laughs> I, I'm oh. for sure I'm not the first person to ask you that. No, that's the funniest thing because that's it was so we that was on one of the that is so funny that was one of the first babes on tour when we went with Tammy and Roxy and was it Brittany Panda and like Laura was it Laura I can't remember yeah it has to have been and so we we just pulled up in the van and like this guy was like oh my business meeting gets canceled can I take you guys for dinner and then we were like six squirrels and he was like oh shit and he looked exactly like Matthew Perry and like exactly like precisely <laughs> insanely it was so funny so yeah we made it a thing on social we just kind of like pretended it was really funny oh that's hilarious and then okay. we kind of ditched him after dinner well Ooh. yeah as you would yeah yes <laughs> I'm sure yeah, you had a blast it was fun we had a really good time <laughs> right I want to talk about aging and okay. how women are treated in the media and I just want to know like what do you have to say about aging because you've posted a really beautiful David Bowie quote and so I just want to know how you feel about it and how you I know you go to the gym and you bust your ass I want to know like how you embrace it's funny because it. like my next appointment is a Botox appointment oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no it's like I it's definitely interesting it's different to be older and like not commend that attention anymore I think it's like kind of nice in a way but it is a transition it doesn't feel good right away it took a second I was like wait what what is going on (laughs) you're just like not that hot thing anymore like people you're not the hot thing in the room anymore and I feel like that's also one of the reasons why social media is obviously shifting. But I really like that there's more age representation lately. There's all of these amazing like women that are not dyeing her hair. Like my mom's not dyeing her hair, for example. I'm just kind of debating like what will be my POV. I'm, I'm 38, so I'm not old by any means. I still no. look great. I'm Kim Kardashian's age, for God's sake. So, right? Isn't she about my age? I think well, you're just incredible. Thanks. You're very beautiful. I'll just say that. <laughs> thank you. That's so nice. So are you, by the way. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> it just fluctuates. You know, like your weight fluctuates. The way you feel about yourself fluctuates. Your style, like I'm just trying to like love myself through all of the ebbs and flows of my body and just not put too much pressure on it because it's like it's only going downhill from here. And it's not a bad thing like it's just understanding that this is the new normal like it's not about youth and beauty and like you said like that was a lot of my platform and like my aesthetic with like the sexy stuff like was very young very slim and like the same type of girl right so it's like that was definitely a thing that shifted like I'm like no, I don't think that like it's only that that's that's cool or beautiful anymore and that goes with like you know going into older age as well will you ever live start slow. live slow and make that no. sexy no no you know you can still live fast but it's just a different I thought about it actually I like genuinely thought about like do I need to like fully make a statement and like tell the world that my speed is come down and I like 
now I have a new POV and it's about wellness and it's about, you know what I mean? Like the things that turn me on now that are much more like 3D porn that I would write about. Like now I'm like, oh, what about this new, like cool biohacking shit? Like that's what I'm really into. We never say never, right? <laughs> that never say never. That's it. That's the beauty of it. It's like, I know that I was always a broadcaster, right? And now I'm not, I'm not really, maybe it's just, I need a pause because I'm like, I'm saving my energy. I'm recharging my battery, mm. you know, I'm building the infrastructure for the next time I, I'm ready to like speak out loud. Mm. I love that. Do you ever talk yeah. to your mom about aging? Yeah, my mom is pretty at peace with it. She's so beautiful. I feel like I'm lucky because my whole family like ages really well. So it's reassuring to just look at them. Mm -hmm. My grandma always complains about her wrinkles. And I'm like, dude, you're 90. Like, relax. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. She's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm still wrinkled. And I'm like, no, it's okay. You look amazing. And I think it's really funny because the thing is, like, you never really get used to it, I feel like. Because we still feel like, I still feel like I'm 20. And then I look at myself in photos and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like 35 looking. <laughs> Do you have any advice for people who are in a transition or having a hard time? What should they tell themselves in the face of fear to keep going or to figure out what to do next? I would say, listen to your inner voice, but make sure you don't mistake that inner voice with your ego. And mm. always focus on, because there's like this vibration that you have when you know you're doing the right thing. And it's basically the more you can practice learning to recognize that and listen to it in that type of situation where you don't know where to go. This is when that vibration will come in handy. And, and again, like, you know, knowing that your ego will come in the way of things and sometimes disrupt decision-making making sure that like whatever you're doing comes in from your true self and you should be okay and also remembering that not fully failing at something like the concept of failing is irrelevant there's no such thing as failing because you learn from a mistake or something that doesn't come through and it brings you somewhere else and it's all about this continuation so just unfocusing from the failure aspect and just integrating the learnings from it and trying to allow yourself to you know live through the emotions but also take a look at it from the outside if you can how do you get in touch with your true self Usually whenever I feel like I'm a little bit disconnected, it happens sometimes that I, I get too busy and I'm in the weeds and I'm like, I'm not seeing things straight and I feel like I'm disconnected with myself. What I'll do is I'll like stop drinking wine. Like I'll just like go like fully sober and like really, really focus on my health, go to sleep early go into like intentional self-care for like a couple weeks and spend more time with like my best friends, loved ones versus trying to like absorb, like it's essentially protecting your energy. Right. And then it comes back. I don't know if that helps, but yeah, for me, like the drinking and whatever mind altering substance that you use to like relax or like just have fun, whatever. I feel like whenever I take that away, then it's, it's easier to just recenter. I love that. Thank you so much. This has been oh. So fun and so I'm interesting. Everything thanks. I've I been dreaming it was of. Oh my god, fantastic! You're so generous and so amazing. So bravo! Thank and you know, you. keep going. And I can't wait to see what you keep doing. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So 
so are you gonna much. come visit so i can take you to cafe stella yes please absolutely yes, please. please let me know if you do because i would love that i would love that too that sounds wonderful i'll make it happen soon okay awesome. thank, thank, you. thank you so much i really appreciate you oh i appreciate you so much you're such a, okay. a north star have a great day <laughs> bye you too bye okay. you couldn't tell this conversation made me so happy i could listen to vivian talk about life and success and business all day long i love what she said about self-reflection and always make sure to check your ego and if necessary go into full self-care mode for two weeks to hear your true self speak if you feel lost i'll be taking those thoughts with me into the holidays and well into 2022 make sure you check out her new collaboration, Sweets. It's a high quality loungewear that crosses into high fashion streetwear, all made in LA. Shop at sweetslosangeles.com. You can follow Vivian on Instagram at LadyShark and Pepper at Pepper Artists and Pepper Made. If you enjoyed our chat, please share the episode with your friends and on social media or send me a note. I love when you do that. Talk soon. Thank you.